0: Hello and welcome to Exit the Stage Door, and I am your host, Aaron Teachman, and this is part two of our coverage of the Washington, D.C. 2018-2019 theatrical season with special guest are Baltimore Center Stage. Last month... I talked with Linda Lombardi and Lauren Howerson about the plays that we are going to see this season, what they're looking forward to, and what, and just talking about the season construction in general. And I am super grateful for their time and expertise. Please check out that show. Please check out the amazing work that studio is doing this season and every season. And please go see Pram Kicker, the Taffety Punk show that Linda directed that is open now. Now, so, it was immediately apparent last time that Uh, No one felt comfortable talking about the musicals in this upcoming season, least of all me, so I reached out to the host of the original cast and great friend of the pod, Patrick Flynn, to fill in the blanks. Patrick is doing amazing work all over town and out of town. His short play, The Ferberizing of Coral, recently won the Samuel French Off-Off-Broadway Short Play Festival. His play, Tinkerbell, it was recently on the stage at Adventure Theater. Is going to have some life in Milwaukee and maybe beyond. He directed a play at Page's stage, um, which could have some life beyond that. And he's got a show of his own coming up with a Flying V called Sheila and Moby, which you should definitely, definitely, definitely check out. Um, that's coming in October, I'm sure I mentioned that, I'm stoked about it, you should be stoked about it too, the fact is, all of these details, they are in the show notes, please check out the show notes for all of these details, and the links, and the ticket purchasing, and all of that, bottom line is, Patrick is a very, very busy person and parent, and I am super grateful that we could Bogart some of his time to talk about musicals, a subject that I am abysmally ignorant of as you will see (laughs) where uh yes even patrick is impressed with my level of not knowing anything about (laughs) current or classic musicals it's it's actually great uh patrick is amazing you're gonna learn so much from this episode i had such a blast recording it with him and you know what I think that's uh, enough of an intro. Please check out the show notes for all the details, for all the things that we're going to talk about. And I don't believe in outros, because you know why? I'm a podcast listener. I don't listen to the last two minutes of the podcasts that I listen to. So this is it. This is all you get. You've got an intro. We're going to go straight into the show now. Let's get to some musicals. All right, let's get started then. So well, as with the others, um, I feel like this time around, introductions mm-hmm. are in order. Yes, so- you are my musical go-to expert mm-hmm. slash podcaster slash trustworthy source. Great. <laughs> and you are.
1: Are you recording? Yes. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> That's a genuine podcast moment. <laughs> um, I am Patrick Flynn. I am a uh, host of the Original Cast podcast about original cast albums and the people who love them. I'm a playwright uh, here in D.C. And um, I am uncomfortable with the term expert but trusted source sounds good I like that I'm, I, am, I am a lot of people's musical theater trusted source and I will accept that I will accept that title with a plum
0: I, uh, I always go back to uh, this line that Over the Rhine sings that I really like um, it's very useful in all kinds of situations uh, like all true believers I am truly skeptical of all that
1: I have said there you go there you go I like that that's good <laughs> I think most theaters in town do one musical Mm -hmm. a year, maybe. And then there are the standards who do bunches of musicals a year. And we can talk about how they craft a season or how we think they craft a season uh, as we go. Um, So starting with A. Yeah. The first one I've got is Anything Goes at Arena Stage. um, Which is... So the funny thing about this was I looked up... There are like 40 different versions of this show. Oh, really? Um, Yes. It debuted, I'm going to have to look this up, in the 30s. Yeah. Um, And when it debuted, it's obviously pre-Oklahoma, 1934. It's pre-Oklahoma, but um, post-Showboat. Okay. So musicals are um, getting into that. The story musical is a thing, but Mm -hmm. it's more still a play with songs that don't really have anything to do gotcha. with the plot, per right. se. They're just sort of fun numbers. And Cole Porter wouldn't really write a book musical in the traditional sense until Kiss Me Kate, which oh, okay. is his kind of like straight-up book musical. The songs, most of the songs go into the story in some uh, way. Yes, advanced gotcha. character, mm-hmm. advanced plot, do all that sort mm-hmm. of thing. But at this point, he's still just kind of – is writing tunes to right. a, to a play yeah. which is you know fine and it's a it, it the arena has billed it as the gold standard musical <laughs> that's fine um i'm not going to quibble <laughs> but it's a uh, you know it, it's a it's a bold statement but it's a marketing strategy sure. um <laughs> yes but so there are tons and tons of different versions of the show that oh, you can do and this one even looks different from any... I, if you read the credits, it's Music and Lyrics by Cole Porter. Oh, yeah. Original book by P.G. Wodehouse and Guy Bolton and Howard Lindsay and Russell Krauss. New book by Timothy Krauss and John Wideman. So John Wideman, he of uh, Pacific Overtures, Assassins, and uh, Roadshow with Stephen Sondheim, uh, mounted a revival of this in the 80s where he rewrote oh. the book, 87, starring okay. Patti Lapone. Oh. And uh, I think directed by James Lapine, actually. And um, that has become the one that everybody does, where they sort of took all these different versions of the book. And because people would do the show, and they would just, every time Cole Porter wrote a new hit song, they would just slide uh, that song okay. into the show. Yeah. And so you ended up with, it was basically a jukebox musical, <laughs> but one that Cole Porter had originally written. Right. You know. Um so there's, they, they kind of streamlined the version a little bit. Mm-hmm. But Timothy Krauss, I assume somehow related to Russell Krauss, uh, maybe has <laughs> redone that again. So I don't know. So this, this right, may yeah. be a whole new version. It may be yeah. a version that debuted somewhere else and is coming here. I don't know. But it's an it's a interesting musical to go see for that reason um, because you'd never know what you're going to get, get um movie. the cat directed by molly smith and the cast is super exciting um with uh sora joy ross as reno sweeney but uh for all you high school musical fans out there uh, corbin blue is playing the role of billy crocker in this production so you know <laughs> we'll see we'll see what it has to what it has to offer um but arena does a pretty i mean does a very good job
0: so yes, you can. I can always expect uh, uh, amazing design choices, and I haven't yeah. been able to find the designers. This
1: well, is, yeah, yeah, and it all takes place on the deck of a cruise ship, right? Yeah. So it's a very open. Mm-hmm. You, you can do kind of whatever you want with the set. Mm-hmm. I mean, unlike Carousel, which does have specific locations right, every right. now and again. Um, and most musicals, this all literally just, like most yeah. sets you see is just like the front of a ship and it's got two levels. Oh, okay. And there's the steam, you can see like the the uh, steam chimneys, you know, whatever those things are called. The funnels? Sure, let's say that. <laughs> um, and uh, neither of us are, no, are ship No, definitely holders. not. No. Uh, so it, it just looks like a ship. So they can got do it. a lot with yeah, it I mean, in the round. Being the deck of a ship, you yeah. can actually have it be the deck of a ship in a real in a Mm -hmm. really real way and I'll be excited to see what kind of design they come up with for that yeah
0: definitely it would be really interesting the history of that I too I think is worth noting because there are the the way you brought up it it was essentially a jukebox musical before we had those words for it but that's also the words for it at the time would have been something like review yes and it would have been Totally understood. Zigfeld will, Rotten, mm. like, I mean, the follies; these things all existed as a way of cramming things that people knew. Were oh, and it's popular the same thing.
1: Uh, I should say it's the same thing with Showboat. Like, there mm-hmm. are forty yeah. different versions of Showboat as time goes on until Hal Prince came along and sometime in the 90s and codified a mm-hmm. sort of like yeah. this is showboat version of showboat which you can't do. what's what's funny is people always say oh just do the original version we can't really do that i mean it's not the version anyone has ever seen right. or wants yeah. to see like and since the songs are so interchangeable and since yeah. porter really wrote cole porter writes in a specific style yes. so you can bring his songs in and move his songs out yeah. in a pretty in a pretty easy way um it's yeah it's a show that, that it's very of its time. That's what it's it. I don't mm, want to yeah. think. It's just rare that shows like Showboat and Anything Goes survived, right. you know, 80 yeah. years to, to the point where somebody goes, well, hang on, what is the original version <laughs> yeah. of the show? <laughs> it is also a show, to be uh, frank, that has tremendous racial issues, mm. uh, but not the ones you're expecting. Um, <laughs> <laughs> the uh, There are two characters in it who are Asian, I believe Japanese, twins, and it's part of the plot. That these Asian, these Japanese twins are there and do things that one would consider uh, to be horrifyingly, not horrifyingly offensive, I shouldn't say that, they are, they are, but they are props essentially, they are not characters, they are, they are a farcical plot device that is essential to the revelation at the end where everything kind of comes together. So it'll be—it is a show that warrants constant book rewriting. Right. Yeah. Is what I'm saying is yeah, that also it yeah. it warrants tinkering because there is a way to do it without that because it's not like it's not interwoven in the plot. They simply yeah. exist to be a solution at the end. Okay. So I don't know. I mean, I assume they will be there, but it is very easy to give them something else to do. Give them some <laughs> agency. Maybe give them some. You know make them real characters. That is something that can be done. Um, they're probably named something like Ting and Ling. I don't remember. It's not great. Whatever it is. (laughs) Um, when I saw it, the one time I saw, I saw my high school did it, but before I went there and there were two Asian twins in the show, uh, Mm -hmm. and, and they were uh, Brian and Chris Turner. Um, and it was, I mean, it was an interesting moment to be, it was the night, it was the early mid nineties and like, no, it was early nineties. And, uh, You know, racial sensitivity was not on my mind, let alone the minds of anyone at this all-boys Catholic high school. Oh, my God. But having it be actual, like, it is one of the rare productions I've seen of a high school, like, photos from where it was actually two Asian actors playing the Asian parts, let alone two Asian twins. Right. So... I guess points. I don't know. Okay, I don't know. I, I, yeah. yeah. Well, better than, school, better than the alternative, where I, I mean, this has led to some high school yellow face. There is saying, no question. And uh, that ain't good.
0: My high school did The King and I almost. Oh, and God. In, in rural Pennsylvania, oh, where we're God. talking about like 90% white folk. So there was definitely yellow face involved yeah, in that. Mm-hmm. So definitely yeah. props for, for the... For actually, yeah. Good casting there. Yes. Uh,
1: cool. Um... Next, I'm going to jump a little bit. Go for it. To uh, a show that I know very little about, if I may. Absolutely. And that is to Mosaic's production of Twisted Melodies. I. This is very. I'm curious about this for a number
0: of reasons. Yes. Uh, full disclosure. Uh, I have been contracted with Baltimore Center Stage to provide some projection okay. services on three of these shows. Not Mosaic's production of Twisted Melodies, but a touring version of Twisted Melodies that's happening in april and needs to be out of their space by may so i'm curious wow about i'm super curious about this show
1: yeah so it's written and performed by kevin roston jr who's playing donnie hathaway who is a a singer songwriter soul music singer songwriter um from the 70s a lot of alliteration there (laughs) um who died young he died in 79 he was born in 45 he died at 33 and he had some tremendous hits however songs that you don't know necessarily i don't okay. know as a like they are deeper cuts that's gotcha. that's that's what way yeah, to put yeah. that yeah. okay um there were very popular songs in the soul there you know 70 to like 73 was his big his yeah. big operation. He was big with Roberta Flack, who oh, everyone knows. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um his big song that I know is a song called The Ghetto, which is a long form um, funk meditation kind of in the sort of like Stevie Wonder uh, at the time oh, or right before yeah. Stevie Wonder did like Inner Visions mm-hmm. where he has the song um Living for the City, which is a kind of a long form and has more of a melody to it, but has like a, a skit in the middle, and has like a lot of musical passages that kind of drift. And the ghettos like that; it's kind of a okay. dance meditation. It's really interesting. Check out Donny Hathaway's music; it's okay, really, yeah. really good and interesting. But yeah. this is, this, I assume, ostensibly the life of of, uh, of Donny Hathaway, mm-hmm. and it looks like it's a one person show. Um, yeah, I it, believe that to be accurate. Yeah. So that's fascinating. Yeah, uh, that's an absolutely fa- he's a fascinating character. Um, and it kind of goes – it's interesting that though we're not talking about it today, but they're doing it um, – uh, another show that's going on this season is Arena's doing Turn Me Loose, which is a one-person right. sh- – not a one-person show, but a small cast show about the comedian – comedian slash civil rights activist Dick Gregory. And so these things are yeah, coming to the fore, not surprisingly, uh, <laughs> yes. as sort of activist – yeah totally. performers yeah. Yeah. and reminding the audience that like no these are people you should you should, should know, know and yeah. you should be aware of them and i'm really excited that mosaic's doing it uh, i hope to get to see it it comes it's not till next june yeah. so that's pretty pretty good yeah
0: we we're taking a very the, one of the yeah. luxuries i think of this particular version of the podcast is that we get to take this very long lens so that it's in the back of your mind yeah. as we as we round the corner and I'll, we'll probably revisit some of these things in and, January or whatever so that we can
1: like take right, stock and to then take another get, yeah it was a good idea looking at the schedule it. it looks like almost every single performance at least every other performance has a post show discussion oh interesting which will be very warranted yeah um, it is a uh, um, it, it's going to show that I imagine is going to have uh, um, going to have some impact uh, because it, as I should say just so everybody knows Hathaway died uh, Donny Hathaway died um by uh committed suicide he jumped off the the 15th floor of his of the essex hotel um apparently jumped to his balcony nobody was there nobody saw it happen but that is the sort of this the supposition of of what went on and this play is based is takes place on the last day of his life so i imagine it will get pretty intense yeah in that um in that in that oeuvre but that's exciting that's mm-hmm. an exciting show that you yeah. may see the title of and go i don't know what that is right, you may exactly. hear donny hathaway you may not know who that is but check out his music and check out um check out that show that sounds great cool now we'll go back to alphabetical lord okay <laughs> <laughs> we're both working off of a spreadsheet here. Yeah. <laughs> um because i know this show center stage in baltimore is doing fun home yes Everyone's doing Fun Home. It does seem like the rights Every- have become available. are available, <laughs> and I think wherever you live right now, you can drive to a production of Fun Home. <laughs> um, I know by coincidence, um, Courtney Lane Self, who is a director in New York who directed my Sam French off-off-broadway short play festival show and is directing sheila and moby at flying v oh. opening october 25th Thank here you. in dc um <laughs> i will be talking about that a lot to see uh directed the very first i'm gonna muddle this it's it, 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 it might be the first regional production of fun home after oh, okay. it closed in new york oh. um in um beach creek Pennsylvania, where the show takes place, they actually rehearsed in the actual home that Alison Bechtel lived in. Yeah, it's pretty, pretty wild. Sounds intense. and so but now it's that was last year i think and now it's kind of or two years ago now it is the rights are readily available from samuel french and um um, well i'm a company man now (laughs) and uh it is it is everywhere i know the community theater i did in wilmington delaware they're doing it this season um center stage baltimore is doing it so regions from community theater to regional productions you'll be able to find fun home somewhere within 100 miles of where you live (laughs) would be my guess um and you should see it because it's awesome. I know. Do you know?
0: The I show? I know. You really are just like really, not a
1: musicals guy. Man, I know about Bechtel,
0: and I know sure. that this is based on a, a comic, is ungracious uh, graphic novel. Yeah,
1: autobiographical yeah. graphic novel. And yeah,
0: that is that is enough. Like having Bechtel involved mm-hmm. is enough for me. <laughs> oh sure. Um, but no, I don't know. Anything yeah, so about
1: it's her life story. It's her growing up. Um, I mean the 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 line that hit that grabbed me when I saw them perform perform. Uh, the song at the Tonys. So at the end of the song, they they had the character uh, say the line, my father and I both grew up in the same small Pennsylvania town and he was gay and I was gay and he killed himself and I became a lesbian cartoonist. And if that doesn't make you want to go see this show, I don't know what will. It really was a like, oh, that's a show. Holy crap. Like, that's a musical. Like, oh, my God. And I saw this. I was lucky enough to see this at Circle in the Square with the original cast oh, wow. in New York. And it was just it's a transcendently good show um obviously your production quality may vary but it is a really well written uh, musical and not such a complicated score that it's not like well you have to have a like when you do some of the older musicals like you have to like King and I is a great example yeah. you have to have a true soprano you right. have to have this. Yeah. this is a show that's written it's a simple story and it's a simple and it deals with complex themes but the score keeps it basic keeps mm-hmm. it moving now you certainly will be you know quality of performance and blah 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 well may vary mileage may vary but it is a a show that i'm kind of willing to vouch for based yeah. on the writing sure. anywhere anywhere it's being done it yeah. is a tremendously well written i mean i, I yeah I, I could gush about this show all day i think it's <laughs> well, tremendous I
0: certainly vouch for the production quality of center stage right and, uh, Hannah Sharif. Hannah
1: Sharif, yes. Is directing, yes, Yeah, Directing it
0: and will be the artistic director of St. Louis Rep. Uh, oh, that's right. is either installed, will be installed shortly before this show, uh, which, uh, opens, opens January, January 24th. <laughs> yeah. Um, and, or very shortly thereafter. So she's a very busy
1: person and I am very much looking forward to what she's going to do with this. Yeah. and it's a tremendous tremendous show. Drive to Baltimore and see it. Or if you don't, wait a year and yeah. it'll be here. <laughs> I 100% guarantee to it. Uh cool. Every time I go to this webpage and like Lincoln's assassination was <laughs> a top the top choice. That's a that's a tease for what we're going to talk about next. I get a little I get a little nervous. Um yes, cuz Ford's is doing Into the Woods. Into the Woods. So they did Ragtime last year. Uh No, uh, two years I guess ago. I technically
0: Two seasons I ago. think calendar wise, I think you're
1: accurate. Yes, yes. Twenty seventeen. But it was We did the Whiz well, last Whiz was last this yeah. last season's musical. And this season they're doing Into the Woods. Um with so, the director of Ragtime Returning. Is that P, uh, is Peter, Peter Flynn it Peter Yeah. Um Yes, that's correct. Yeah, it's uh I mean it's into the woods. I don't know what else to say. <laughs> I, mean, <yeah. laughs> I think you've heard of it. You've heard of Into the Woods, I right? Have heard okay, of Aaron's into heard of Into woods. the Woods, I haven't I'm gonna assume the whole thing? You haven't seen the whole thing. What'd well, so
0: we, when in the realm of doing community youth theater, uh-huh. we did, there's Can one season where boys, we did junior? experts, yeah, ex- uh-huh. excuse me, excerpts um, uh, for our own jukebox musical That was a journey in summer. Sounds like it, yeah. Nineteen ninety nine. I'm sure there's a oral history just waiting for what happened (laughs) on that particular summer. Some of which I'm actually probably old enough to know now. Um, But yeah, we did the like the versions that we were looking at all cut off at the end of the first act Mm -hmm. and don't go into the the darker territory that the second act explores. Yes,
1: it does. Um, Yeah, it's, it's into the woods. Uh, I, don't, <laughs> I, I don't know much what else to I, say yeah. about it. I, I don't have a cast list. I don't know that they've released yeah, it. Yeah, not, there's not a whole yet. lot of information um, out
0: there yet, unfortunately, about it
1: Yeah, place. which is unfortunate. I mean, it doesn't open until March. It's a while out. Yeah, yet. and it runs until May. I mean, it's a long run, so... It'll yeah, be... my guess is they haven't even actually contracted all of their
0: designers at this point. Not yet. Not like on the dotted line. Yeah, kind probably. Of thing. Yes,
1: exactly. Right. I'm sure it is 100. percent I'm sure it's cast. I'm sure. Yes. They, yeah. But, but they haven't. They haven't announced that yet. Yeah. Uh, and I'm super excited to see who, yeah. that,
0: so who well, that's going to be. Basically, put a pin in that. And think, yeah. Yeah. Michael it was,
1: Bobbitt choreographing. Yes. Um,
0: uh, will be super interesting. So in it's that most place. of the Ragtime
1: team then, because Bobbitt choreographed. Yeah. Ragtime as well. Okay.
0: Yeah. yeah. So that's the that's the nice. exciting part about that.
1: Yeah. I will Uh, be going to see I will be taking my son To see that There's a 100% chance (laughs) Of Into the Woods That's our And that's our Not our only son time today But it's um, But it's uh,
0: And I I'll put in a little plug Uh, Just I worked on Ragtime and The Wiz um, On the projection team And If you haven't seen A musical At Forge Theater yet It is To me it was surprising But it is a surprisingly Effective Lively Venue for music Oh sure it's a really good place to experience music. Uh, I guess I'm, I mean it was a church. It, it has yeah. that sort of sense of like booming acoustics that they they use very well. Mm. Uh, so don't be put off by no, not the at fact all. That it's a musical. Not at all. Yeah, so, yeah. It, is
1: a, it is. a venue mainly known for its plays, but it is uh, it, yes. They they can do a musical if they need to. <laughs> and, and they do every year. Every they do year. They yeah. need to. Like, well, I guess we have to do a musical now at Only, which will segue into Only then, I guess. Um, yeah, I was confused by this. So, Comedy of Tenors is this. This is really funny. So, everyone's heard of Lend Me a Tenor. Yeah. Comedy of Tenors is the sequel to Lend Me a Tenor. Oh, okay. By Ken Ludwig. I mean, I saw Ken Ludwig still attached. Yeah. Yeah, yeah.
0: From New York I, County, Pennsylvania. So. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's true. Um,
1: so, I mean. <laughs> But it's just weird because it's never. I've never, I've seen, never it seen it done without. I've seen a lot of productions do "Lend Me a Tenor" and uh, and, okay. and um, comedy of excuse me, comedy of tenors in rep. Um, oh, that's sure. a pretty common thing to do. Okay, because, because everyone's heard of "Lend Me a Tenor." <laughs> yeah, and people haven't really heard of, of comedy of tenors. As I understand it, comedy of tenors is is very very good. Um, it, 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 but the reaction always were like I mean it was much better than I thought it was going to be you know that's always the sort of like people get that voice and they're like yeah, yeah know,
0: it's going to be good that is um, the
1: ceiling for Ken Ludwig I find yeah. most of the time yeah me a tenor's funny they're farces I mean yes, exactly. And if if it, if a farce is not your thing, yeah. Yeah. you are not going to like it because it is a door slammer. I mean yes, they're all right. yes. running door-slamming yeah. farces. He, that's what he writes. There's doors on the poster for Company <laughs> of Tenors. Yes, that's how that's much right. that's how many doors are going <laughs> to slam on exactly. this show. They've just put it on the damn poster. <laughs> and it is that. It is it's an episode of Frasier. It's a you know, then right. that And I don't mean that in, in a pejorative way. I mean that is also a farce.
0: No, I think my audience is discerning enough to see that as a compliment for cool. which it is Very intended. Good. Yes.
1: <laughs> um or an insult if you don't like <laughs> Frasier, I guess. But it is—it's—it's—it's it's a yes, it's a main—it's a farce, and it's gonna be a lot of people running in and out of doors and yelling at each other, and making dumb decisions and saying silly things. And if you don't like that, you're not gonna like it. Yeah, it is not a musical. These shows get classified as musicals because yeah. they are about opera singers and people do sing. Right. But that does not a musical. No, make. It's it, true. it is a play where people sing in it you know it's like master class in that yeah, sense yeah. like Terrence mm-hmm. McNally's master class often gets it falls in between because right. people do sing in it but just because someone's singing on stage even <laughs> if they have live musical accompaniment as they do in, in uh, master class it, it's just not a musical well
0: right? and there's some element to that in Indecent isn't there as well like it's yeah, exactly a, yeah.
1: Yeah. right yeah. but I guess since it's you know, traditional or whatever kind of music it right, is, yeah. it it always gets to go. Ah, it doesn't count. <laughs> weird and problematic in its own way, yeah, in the I'm way sure we view
0: music. I'm um, sure there's a podcast in there oh, discussing the history of.
1: Oh, there should that. be a po- about it, that entire show. That yeah. show is. Oh my god, that show is amazing. That show is, and it was one of the things when I was up in New York for the Sam French off-off Broadway short play festival. I'm getting better at saying that quickly. We were at the Victory, Oh, okay. just off Union Square. We're indecent a lot of bra- shows you've heard of yeah. had their premiere Decent did I Avenue mean, Q did I, and there's you're walking down the hallway and like all these posters and pictures and like they have a tony award and you're just like okay i'm gonna do my show now <laughs> this is a really good theater you know like it better be good <laughs> um so yeah so that's comedy of tenors but that gets us into let's let's go to before we go to shirlington virginia let's go to only maryland yeah which is they're two places that are not close to each other not at all though so i know people who live near only maryland who work a lot in shirlington virginia and i don't know how they do it i but don't that's, either that river is
0: a, a is a big barrier that's a big commute man yeah
1: it's, <laughs> it's a serious commute yeah uh so yes only is doing musicals because this is kind of what they do and uh they're doing south pacific elf once and matilda Three of these shows have one-word titles. I don't, I don't know how to feel about that. <laughs> it's just one of those weird things you notice sometimes. So this, but I don't. So here's the thing: I, I don't, I don't, I know a lot of people who work at Olney. I've never worked at Only. Um, they don't commission work, so it's not no, yeah. not really a place I'm probably going to work. So I can say, I guess I don't know how they craft a season. Um, yeah, that's a good question. It it It's, the, the, one of their criteria simply seems to be shows you've heard of, which is valid. It's not, you know, but it is like, aside from the fact that they have one word titles, I don't know what these, and I mean, they're, except for South Pacific, they're all post like 2006 yeah. shows. Um, I don't know what these shows have in common to to make a season. So it does seem to be. These are all shows you've heard of. These are shows you would go see based on the title uh, alone. They're kicking it off with South Pacific, which is running now. Uh, Yeah. And Mm -hmm. runs through October. Um, And uh, it's Jessica Lauren Ball and William Michaels at South frickin Pacific. You know, it's like it's like (laughs) into the woods. I don't know. Now, except that there's this really interesting thing happening right now with shows like Carousel and South Pacific, mm-hmm. where people are going, I'm making a face now, so I have, yeah. to, I have, to, do I have to make the audio version of the face. <laughs> mm. Is that the audio version? Because um, these shows have elements to them. More, ca- oh, gosh, I didn't even know if Carousel has more. South Pacific has racial insensitivity yeah. oh, to Oh, yeah. To, yeah. <laughs> Again, but it is a show ultimately about how racism is bad. Yeah. Like, that's ultimately the message of South Pacific. So, there has to be a way to grok those two ideas (laughs) and make characters like Bloody Mary, who is a racial stereotype, gel with the thing where the whole plot of South Pacific, if you don't know, revolves around two love stories. One between a a naval officer and a a native island girl in the South Pacific who doesn't speak English. That gets complicated. But they fall in love. Um, Whatever. And then also... (laughs) Uh, Nellie Forbush, who is Mary Martin in the original and Kelly O'Hara in the revival, most recent revival, uh, falls in love with an older man, um, Ezio Pinza originally, who has two children from a previous marriage who are mixed race and she has a problem with this. And this is the point of this show is that is mixed race relationships and leads to the beautiful and an excellent song, uh, probably the cap of Oscar Hammerstein's career lyrically, in my opinion, you've got to be carefully taught, where he explicitly says, you've got to be taught to be afraid of people whose skin is a mm-hmm. different shade and people whose eyes are oddly made. You've got to be carefully taught. I mean, it's yeah, it's perfect. And it shows up in Hamilton, for those of you who are fans of more recent musicals, that line, not that but he Burr says, you've got to be carefully taught. If you talk, you're going to get shot. I mean, it's a direct reference to mm-hmm. that musical and it is probably their greatest work. It won the Pulitzer Prize. Second musical ever to do so. It is a it is an epic work of lyrics and book and music, but it's still 1948. Yeah. You yeah. know, and it's so I will I'll be interested to know if it has been updated in the staging or the writing yeah. or what has been changed to make it or if they don't care, I mean, it's not. It, that's the thing is, like, some theaters, especially the big ones, just put the show on because right. their subscribers will come and and people will come, and they hope nobody notices, <laughs> I guess, or they don't notice. You know, it's hard. Yeah. It's hard to know. Yeah. So it um, does
0: feel like uh, a piece that you, where you, if you wanted to put the effort in, you could square that circle. Oh, sure. Unlike something like Taming of the Shrew or Christmas Kate, where which is working at cross-purposes. It doesn't have the ultimate moral to deal with all of the other problems that are in it that right. make it much harder to st- like stage meaningfully today.
1: Now, I will say, I just noticed, I should have looked at this before and I apologize, <laughs> it is directed by uh, Alan, I'm going to mispronounce his last name and I apologize, Alan uh, Moroka. Who is an Asian American director who you uh, you may know out there in the world as he played um, Alan on Sesame Street? He was the owner of oh. Mister Hooper store for a lot of people. I think probably your age. Yeah. Um, so it is directed by an Asian American. He's a theater director of, of some repute. It, it, he he would get it right. coming yeah. into it, yeah. and that gives me great hope mm-hmm. that the production is suited to to the to the times and suited to to uh, aware of its own racial issues and yeah. it's being dealt with in a way that is is uh intelligent and um and dramatic and so sure let's let's do <laughs> it man let's see it um and it's a beautiful it's a beautiful score it's a good yeah. show like well, it's really yeah. it's unlike and unlike carousel which i have tremendous problems with i don't think you can fix carousel i've said that mm-hmm. before because mm-hmm. the whole plot cent- centers around the fact that a man hits a woman so good yeah no that's, period yeah um you can't you can't take if you take that out you really have to then rewrite the show and like really like ground up kind of rewrite (laughs) the plot a little bit and so you you, i don't think you can fix carousel from that in that same standpoint but south pacific is gorgeous musical worth worth fixing um in my opinion and uh and, and worth your time. I will be interested just to to read about it now. I should have read about it beforehand. I apologize. <laughs> that's fine. But there's a lot no. of shows here. It like is a Elf. lot of shows. That's the that's the, the That's the bit. Like Elf. We're talking about the, Elf. Yes. Directed by Michael So My I have to Michael now Bob. say at this point it's directed by Michael Bob. Yeah. So Michael, as you don't know, is a good friend of mine and a mentor to me in a lot of capacities and has commissioned work for me and is continuing to commission to work for me. So, And is the Artistic Director of Adventure Theater. And the Artistic Adventure Director of Adventure Theater. Uh, where, where That's where he commissions stuff for me. It also stars Patricia Hurley. Um, he's a good friend of mine. Bobby Smith. <laughs> Kevin McCall. These are anyway, and This is all saying I am, have nothing bad to say about Off the Musical. Um, no. But I don't know it at the same time. I don't and know I the musical, yeah. I will say I have never had any interest in knowing it. Um I don't like the movie. <laughs> <laughs> so when they That's said a high bar to clear them, it yeah. is, yeah. So they're like, We're making a musical, I'm like, thumbs up. Yeah. <laughs> On your way. Um but my son really wants to see it. Yeah. Uh it opens it runs November to January, yeah. as you'd imagine, and we're gonna go see it. Um because uh because we're gonna go see it. And it's uh you know. It's probably going to be a good time had by all. I think I'd that's imagine. the
0: intent. I mean, it definitely feels like. I mean, every regional theater essentially has to deal with this basic economic problem of people returning to the theater every year. Sure. And you you don't you don't get a Christmas Carol like slot in the season unless uh, for for something that's for somebody who's doing musicals or somebody who's doing more contemporary work like. You don't always have that option, so you throw something at it. And I my that my interpretation of seeing Elf there and the quality of the people involved is that they're hoping that we can do something in this slot that's holiday-related, that is good, yeah. um, that people will enjoy, and that, I, I don't know, I I don't know. Did they know do
1: Annie they... at the holiday slot last year? Was that, that their seems holiday? familiar. It, it's a quasi-Christmas show. It has yeah. Christmas oh, yeah. in it. <laughs> like Die Hard. Yeah. Yes. Um... <laughs> I think it also has New Year's in it, but like there's Christmassy yeah, stuff in it, yeah. so you can yeah y- you can say Annie's a Christmas show. Sure, um, there are not a lot of Christmas it's hard. musicals, yeah. and you know you can only do White Christmas so many times. You can only do like and yes, some, I, I think they did the Christmas Story musical, if I'm not I mistaken. I think that's in yes. Yeah, so like again, yeah, these are your options. These for, are your choices. Yes. It it so. and you and a, a theater like only which is. Where it is in in the suburbs of Montgomery County, the deep suburbs of yes. Montgomery County, kind of farm like, country, actually. Essentially, not, not There's nothing sub about that herb. It is farmland. Yes. Um, it, it is you know, like you say, it has an audience it has to appeal to. And it is known for these sorts of things. Yeah. It is known for large, lavish, family-friendly, mostly family-friendly uh, material. And so to that end, this is what the audience wants. And you have to give them what they want and you know I I do actually give them great credit I'm sure they would love to have like Fords a Christmas Carol slot where they just do the same oh, yeah. show every yes. year and everyone comes and they change it a little bit and they recast it, but they kind of keep the same people and yes. it's like, it's comfort food. Yeah, They don't have that choice and I, I, I'm i sure they'd be happy to have that choice, but I do give them credit for being like, we're going to do Elf and we're going to hire Michael Bobbitt to yeah, direct exactly. it. I mean, yeah. Michael is, is, is not going to just do no, exactly. Elf. He's going to bring whatever he has to the show and his vision of it and he's going to be hard on people and he's going to make it something he thinks is worth watching. Yeah, and Michael absolutely. has a very specific as I know from having worked with him, very specific aesthetic uh enjoyment. So to that end, yeah. yes, I'm interested I am very interested to see it, I should mm-hmm. say, yeah, as because of the people involved. Right, exactly. Um and then they're like pulling the handbrake and doing a 180. Yeah, I have to assume that once is in a different space than elf? Ah, uh, that's a good question. Is it? Nope. Oh, wow. Main stage. Wow. And uh yeah, all their, the the ones we're talking about are on the main stage. Wow. You could do once in their smaller space. That's case. what I that was my initial reaction. I was like But it is a again, you can put Winner Best Musical 2006 True. on the poster. Yes. and also Oscar Best Original Song. Like it's got yeah. or sorry, they won the Oscar 2006 and won the Tony, I think in 2010. A Lipley area. Um and it's a re- it's a it's a prestigious show. Yeah, um, which is interesting about it. Uh, yeah, it's kind of the most Well, actually no, the next two shows they're doing um, Once is the most out of their wheelhouse. Yeah. It's a... I mean, it only puts on their website... I think this is a good idea because they do a lot of family-friendly material. They have an age guidance and they say, if this were a film, it would be rated R. Mm -hmm. And it's not a hard R. Like, it's not... But it is... It's it's an R-rated story. It's a serious story. I mean, it's um, definitely
0: adult. It's about yes. whether or not to commit infidelity or not or
1: And what and it and and even that what is infidelity? Like yeah, is it exactly, infidelity? Yes, is exactly. it, like there's
0: so many there's so much going on in this show. Yeah. Um, I've never seen the musical, but I have seen the movie many times. And I th- they're not
1: that dissimilar. Okay, good. Um they play with the songs get a little more integrated into the movie like yeah. in a direct yeah. way mm-hmm. there's a lot more step forward in saying but mm-hmm. the music's obviously played by the cast yeah. and that's very impressive um this is another one that's coming up a lot because arden's doing this oh as okay. well so and i know a lot of people who are doing arden and hoping to that will lead them into mm-hmm. the only production so you know it, it's yeah this is a, a funny little little bit for it um <laughs> But, yeah, it's it's a really great show. It's a small show to do on that big stage, too, because yeah, the that main stage is very I mean, large. But it did play on Broadway. I mean... It
0: did. And that never made any... I mean, from the prestige from the m- movie, it never made sense to me, because it is the kind of thing that I would love to see in a bar.
1: Yeah. And you could do it in a yeah. bar. A very, very... I mean, it's set, basically, mostly. Yeah, exactly. A bar. Like, I mean, it did it on Broadway. It ran for, I think, a 1,000 performances. Like, it ran for wow. a long time. Yeah. It, it's not a, a... No shrinking violet. Yeah. And the music's great I mean I think yeah. that if you're if you are on the fence about it I would say check it out I and see the movie I think the movie's tremendous yeah um, but the movie is kind of very 2006 <laughs> Aaron knows exactly what I'm talking about it's handheld it yeah. feels improvised <laughs> yes. it's using available lighting the, the people just kind of talk and conversations just kind of happen and you kind of don't it's also very Irish very you don't really notice the story developing until you hit major moments in it and it's a brilliant film it is the best of that like if that style bothers you it is the best possible version of that Um, there's an amazing scene late in the movie where they go to record some music and it is a an excellent example of background acting being so can be so important and so good and that's all I'm going to say about that (laughs) Um, and how one of, of the points of the story both in the play and in the movie is that small moments are very important and you have to kind of hold on to them and and cherish them because they don't last. And yeah. it's a beautiful story. It's a beautiful movie. It's it's a very good musical. Go see it once and only. There we go. We just did an ad. Um, we will take your money now. Yeah, happily. Yes, thank you. And then they're turning right around again. <laughs> it's not quite a, a one eighty, uh, but then they're doing Matilda. And they do Matilda to close the season. Yeah,
0: with Peter Flynn directing. With Peter
1: Flynn directing. Um, That has not been cast yet, I don't believe. Uh, It's Um, pretty far out, I would think, yeah. Yeah, Um, well, we cast early around here. That's true. Cast very, uh, and it gets earlier every year.
0: Actually, uh, definitely talked about that on Yes, um, yes, I remember you talked about that.
1: It is (laughs) a, we can talk about that more. I have a lot to say about that. Um, As you might, as someone who's (laughs) casting a show right now, as it turns out, we're having some trouble with that. Mm. Um, But, so, yeah, Matilda, um, based on the book by Roald Dahl. Yeah. Yeah. the music is Tim Minchin. Tim Minchin yeah. music and lyrics, uh, huge in London, where it may still be running. I don't know. Not as big in the States, but still ran for two or three years. But got a, famously got shut out at the Tonys um, when everyone thought it was a shoe in uh, Shut out by Kinky Boots. Um, oh, that which is still yeah. running okay, at the Hirschfeld. Yeah. Yes, yeah. um, yeah, so when Cindy Lawford won, it was yeah, one of those yeah. moments of like it doesn't happen very often in award shows where everyone was surprised. like pleased but she was shocked when she won like she was genuinely gobsmacked did not think she was gonna win was fine like i could you could tell was fine with it was like oh the show's big and like you know we could win best musical and that's what's important and like it's no big deal and she's like if you watch her acceptance speech she is having trouble like containing how excited she is it's really it's really it's very endearing um i will confess at this point i do not love this show Hmm. um i find tim minchin's music is very well suited to his his performance. Yeah, gotcha. But as both his score to Matilda and Groundhog Day lack variety mm-hmm. for me. There's one or two songs on each that I think are brilliant. And Matilda's better than Groundhog Day. I don't want to like lump that Groundhog Day has a lot of problems with it, the score being one of them. Um but uh Matilda's much more suited to his particular style and actually the interesting thing about him and that show was he actually went to the Raw doll state to adapt it and they said no we've sold the rights to somebody else and then those people came to him just by coincidence and said do you want to do this (laughs) and he said he said I had to play it cool because like I wanted to get paid but I was so you know you're like jumping up and down in your heart being like he's been like oh I can't do it oh my god I'm gonna get to do it yeah yeah um quite a swing yeah and so it works for that um it's very British, mm-hmm. which the book is also very... Most people's exposure to Matilda, I think, is the film. Absolutely, yeah. Danny Vito directed movie, which is a great movie. Mm-hmm. But it really Americanizes the story. And it still works, but there's a lot more of like the British public school oh, mentality okay. yeah, in the yeah. book that is translated to the musical, and I think it's one of the reasons that yeah. um, the, uh, the musical didn't quite didn't quite land with American actors. Yeah, I actually sense. now just realized I know who's going to play Miss Trunchbull, and I'm not going to tell you, <laughs> but I am going to, because I don't think it's been made official, I am going to tell you. It's amazing. It was played by a man in New York. Oh, yeah. It is not being played by a man at all. It's amazing. I will tell you afterwards. It is absolutely amazing. <laughs> just trust me on this. The casting's going to be... It's phenomenal. It's it's absolutely phenomenal. This actor will win another Helen Hayes Award for this performance. <laughs> I guarantee it. Um, and... It is, uh, so, but it's a musical that I kind of always feel held me at arm's length mm-hmm. a little bit and was sometimes the character of Matilda is very clever. I mean, it's part of the point. She's very clever and nobody likes her. And there's a lot of comments <laughs> in it. Well, the kids like her, but the adults don't. And there's a lot of comments in it about the opening song is uh, called Miracle, and it's all about how parents treat their kids like precious little miracles, except Matilda, whose parents didn't want her. Mm. And it's a big part of the doll book is that she's an unwanted child. Um, and she sort of on her own stages a resistance against the irrational parental authority. It's a raw doll book, yeah. uh, in other words. Um, and but so to that end, it, it. I think that a lot of people went to it expecting the movie and got more of the book. And it's very, like I say, it's very right, British. Yeah. So they may have been turned off by that in the States. Mm. It still ran for a couple of years, though. I mean, it still did did very, very well. Yeah, I just find the score to be not that interesting. Um and uh I, I now I've not seen it, I may change my mind about it as I'm almost certainly gonna go see it yeah my son likes it um and so you know i i i would say I'd report back, but I don't know um <laughs> we'll see we'll see yeah. we'll see follow me on social media, I don't know penguin, I'll tell you what I thought um so yeah it's it's a very very interesting season it is though. Yeah, I mean crafting these around. these shows it's a yeah i don't know i I, it really does seem to be though that their their ethos is you've heard of this and we do good work i mean they're relying on their reputation to be like that will take you the other half of the of the way yeah Yeah. because i don't know how their last season did pardon me Mm, yeah we saw on the town um closing i believe and it was it was not full Mm, and that was a little like Oh, okay. Like that's that's interesting. I mean, only's doing on the town if it yeah. was anything kind of on the nose but with a tremendous cast. I mean, it's Tracy Oliveira and Evan Casey and oh, yeah. Rachel Zampelli. Yeah, it's just a huge, you know, everybody'd you want to see and it yeah, it just wasn't I don't know. It was a good production, too.
0: Ironically, but. I have actually seen on the town. Um <laughs> Like a semi-staged reading oh. of it as a benefit in Houston for my friends who are okay who are doing it. Um, so I have, I have actually seen it. Uh, what God, I think we
1: found one, and it's not on the list. Yeah.
0: But <laughs> I think it's interesting about. That's interesting that you bring it up because the the thing about On the Town is it's one of those, and these are kind of pleasures to discover, where like, if you were there in the audience, you would instantly recognize a fistful of the songs. Mm-hmm. Um, they're famous for all kinds of other reasons, yeah. even if you don't know the film. Um, but you wouldn't necessarily... Saying on the town doesn't doesn't whip those into your brain. Right. Uh, so you kind of get... like If you don't do some fancy footwork with the marketing to remind people of it's a hell of a town, is right. oh yeah, the that's opening from number. this. Yes.
1: That's this it's, the opening, no, it's actually not the opening number, yeah. but it's the big, it's the big first yeah. number. Um, uh, and if you good. saw the movie, the movie's very different... Song rise. There's only two songs from the play that are in the movie. And yeah, so it's not. Yeah. The movie doesn't quite give you the what the stage shows like. It's a, it's a good thing, but it's its own animal. It, yeah. The movie on the town is a completely different uh, animal to the to the stage production, which is neat. I think the Movie's got Gene Kelly. One more, you know, yes. one more do you want <laughs> out of a movie musical, frankly,
0: uh, and makes all of Channing Tatum stuff a lot more understandable and hilarious uh, Oh, in, in, uh, Hail in Hail
1: Caesar. 100%. <laughs> 110%. Yeah. If you saw Hail Caesar. <laughs> Which, <yes. laughs> Which, again, listeners to this podcast, you probably, higher percentage of the general public <laughs> of people would be who guess. went to see Hail Caesar. <laughs> in the um, theater. <laughs> in the theater, yes. Very true. <laughs> Let's go but, to yeah, Sherlington, Aaron. We do need to go Let's to Let's go the... to Sherlington. That's a good enough place as any to to wind up. We're going to make yeah. a detour after Sherlington to Anacostia, but... Uh, yes. Um... So, how do they craft a season in Sherlington? This is a great question. I don't know the answer. Yeah. I really don't. Um, there will be some Sondheim. Like, there's a, there seem to be certain guarantees. That, we're talking about Signature, by the way. Right, if you yeah. don't know where Signature Theater is, um, it's in Sherlington. <laughs> they, uh, there's certainly, it seems to me, there will always be a Sondheim yeah. or two, because that's what Eric Schaefer. Is known for, and yes. he, he does it really well. Not to, I'm not belittling that at all. Um, there will be another musical you kind of have heard of, uh, that was that was popular 30 plus years ago. Mm-hmm. Um, what would have been called contemporary when I was in college. Uh, there will be a small, probably a reimagining yeah. of a musical, like a, a but a, a more like a more famous musical, but with a slightly reimagined staging. And then there will be some stuff you maybe have never heard of. And there's lately I've noticed there's been one content more actual contemporary uh hit, mm-hmm. which this so they opened with Passion, which is running right now. And they kicked it off with the Sondheim. And the Sondheim, that doesn't get done. I I I was not familiar with... You were not familiar with Passion? With Passion. Um, Passion is... I'm I'm imagining they're doing the revisited version. Um, Even though it won Best Score, Best Book, Best Directing, and Best (laughs) Best Musical at the Tony Awards. It only ran for 280-some performances. It's the shortest-running Best Musical ever. Um, It is not an easy show. And even among Sondheim files... It is a, it's a very divisive show in his canon. I mean, it's the last Broadway show he's done to date. He, he theoretically is having another one next year or the year after uh, with David Ives. But it was, it's a one act, oh okay. it's hundred hundred-some minutes. I mean, it's not a long one act, but it's only one act. And it is a rough story. Uh, the story is of a uh, very attractive army captain in Italy. It's based on a film. Um, who gets who's having an affair with uh, a woman who's also very beautiful and he gets transferred to this remote Italian town and there he meets the daughter of the commanding officer whose name is fosca, and she is i mean she's ugly it's part of the story um ill and aggressively socially. She's terrible. She's just a terrible person. Like, I mean, she, but she's just, she's odious human. Like, yeah, she's just yeah. a, and he shows her very regular kindness, which most people don't. Most people kind of avoid her like the plague. He shows her very ordinary kindness. She falls in madly in love with him, kind of obsessively in love with him. And he, of course, rebuffs her at first, but eventually he does fall in love with her uh, and I'll just run the plot because this is, it gets very interesting at the end. Um, I remember watching the PBS broadcast with my parents, yeah, which is available. Um, it's pretty cool. And uh, the original Broadway cast, Donna Murphy and her Tony Award winning mm-hmm. role, etc. cetera. Jer uh, as they say, Jer gone tomorrow. Uh, he never really worked again. <laughs> um, and uh, and Mary Maisie in her Broadway debut. And uh, I remember thinking, like, it got... As the plot was going on, my mother was like, oh, I see what's going to happen. He's going to have an accident. He's going to become disfigured. His lover's going to reject him and he's going to want to Fosca. That is not what happens. He ends up fighting a – there's a very interesting plot device that unfortunately comes along very late in the show where the brother of Fosca doesn't believe anyone can love her because Uh of how she is Mm -hmm. and mainly how she looks. And so refuses to believe that Giorgio, the main character, is in love with his sister and challenges him to a duel which the captain, like the commandant loses, it becomes this huge, like dramatic arc thing. And the, the original production is a little bleak. <laughs> it ends, but it even, it even tries to end on this, like hopeful. It's not hopeful. It's super sad and bleak. And I think there is uh, when they took it out and retooled it and then redid it a little bit, they kind of toned and got another director. No disrespect to James Lapine. It's hard to write and direct your own stuff. Um, Uh, He – I think they kind of got it to a place that's a little bit more, okay. like we – how about we just – how about she's not that awful? And how about like he's a little bit more into her from the jump, like a little more like, oh, she's nice. Like he likes her a little Mm -hmm. more from the jump. In the beginning, he's just being polite to her because he's polite to everybody. He's a nice man. And – he also has a little they probably played up I'm going to this is a supposition but in the story there's this whole thing that the other officers don't really like him because he's not great at interpersonal mm, relationships mm-hmm. that should be a bonding moment between him and Fosca it isn't really in the original version like they want it to be but it isn't and hopefully they played that <laughs> up this is all to say they're doing passionate signatures getting great reviews and it's a show that you kind of unfortunately have to see twice uh, to yeah, appreciate okay. and that's really really hard it's not a score that I really liked until I said you know I'm going to sit down and listen, like listen into this and mm-hmm. really and i love the music is gorgeous it's maybe some of sondheim's best music oh okay um some of it is also very sondheim uh <laughs> man's got it you know whatever he, yes. it was written in 94 he'd written a lot of shows already yeah people have things um but it's really and signature it's a show that i'm not surprised i'm surprised signature hasn't done more because mm-hmm. it's right in their wheelhouse right, yeah. of sort of like uh, you know major sondheim and on a show people only know if they like Sontime. right so I'm not surprised they opened the season with it. Um, <laughs> this is then another hand. There's a lot of handbrake turns yeah, in this. In this yeah. Because the next show they're doing is Billy Bill Elliot. Elliott. I don't get it. <laughs> I don't. I mean, it won. Yeah. It did win Best Musical.
0: Yeah. Uh, this is another show that I've, I have I knew existed, but I've only
1: seen the movie. And the movie is amazing. The movie's great. Amazing. The movie's amazing. Yes, that is the word for the movie. The movie's amazing. The musical's not. Mm. It's a very logical... There's some movies that get turned into musicals, and you go, I don't get it. Right. Like, yeah. Why did you turn that into musical? Like though? Groundhog Day? Um, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> I will say, I, I, I want to see Groundhog Day only because it is a real rewrite. Like, they really rewrote... Oh, okay, yeah. The, they the original screenwriter, and he really rewrote the script to more make it suitable to a musical, but on the face of it, yes.
0: yeah. <laughs>
1: It's certainly a, when you're going in. You're just like, okay. Oh, uh, yeah. <laughs> um, uh, yeah, so... I, but I don't... I, I don't like it. I don't like Elton John's music. Mm-hmm. Any of the shows he's written for Broadway. Because somebody's doing Aida this season as mm-hmm. well. I can't remember who. Um, that's another Elton John one. Uh, Elton John also wrote uh, uh, Lion King mm-hmm. score, obviously. Um I just find his musicals—he's way out of his depth. It always feels like to me. Um, he's a very talented composer. I don't take that away from him. I just—I find his scores too not be good they're not interesting they're not they not even on the bass level like hummable to me they're not Uh, not remember like you you go at least well it's gonna be because like kinky boots i don't think the score to kinky boots is anything that's that's breaking new ground (laughs) but it's really fun and it's bouncy and there's some songs in it you really like and there's a tender song you know it, it does the job yeah i don't think any of his scores do the job i just don't i i think he's 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 a ab- he's out of his depth in terms of his ability as a composer, and I think Billy Elliot is probably his worst score to be honest. Well, maybe Aida. I don't know. Aida's so messy; it's really <laughs> hard to tell. Um, so that's Billy Elliot. Obviously, I'm <laughs> yeah, not going was, to say. Yeah. <laughs> 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 well, and that was I'm the, sure uh, the choreography will be outstanding.
0: Yeah, the, yeah there's some yeah. element of that, I'm sure, and but also that's the kind of thing. Like, I actually, what I find more interesting. It, I mean, I am in no way useful as a weather vane for what people will or will not see, like you know, oh, your sure. average audience does, because sure, what sure. I'm interested in is, like, if I've heard of it, the odds are, like, but why do I need... There's there's a back catalog of all right. of these other visual representations of this musical. Why do I need to go to a theater to see this one in particular? What's so special about it? Mm-hmm. Um, um, like, but and that's why it was so much value to me and working on ragtime it's like because the answer to that question is very much in the performance it's very much in the air of uh, mm-hmm. what's happening now so what i'm interested in is not necessarily billy Elliot. And I why this play now like i can kind of get that with billy Elliot as a pl- as a plot a little bit yeah but um in dealing with like questions of masculinity and dealing yes. with like cultural expectations and,
1: and it's a very raw raw theater right show. Yeah. Like it's a very like isn't what we do good yeah. fun and and valuable yeah
0: uh but the other ones that are here are much... The question yeah. marks get bigger and bigger as we go along in this season. Oh, really? You think so? Oh, I okay. I mean, this is, again, from someone who, who doesn't know
1: anything oh, about funny. It. All right. Well, let's, let's, let's move right in. <laughs> yeah. Because the next show, I think the next one makes perfect sense for them, which is Ain't Misbehavin', yes. which is the Fats Waller musical. Huge hit in the 80s. Um, it's, it is a jukebox musical of Fats Waller songs and doesn't pretend to be anything else. Mm. It's a fun evening of theater, and it fits... Right in with Signature's mm-hmm. ethos, and I'm sure the staging of it will be fascinating. It is a th- that is one thing Signature has over only and actually over maybe not over Arena and and uh um, who's the other theater besides Arena?
0: are <laughs> 14th
1: Street on 14th Street is Studio Studio. Man. That's something I'm sorry. Good. Yeah. Um, <laughs>
0: it's okay. We've covered a lot of ground. This we is have. a lot
1: to go over. God, I couldn't remember studio. But, um, they don't do musicals. Uh, it, is, it is that their space is very interesting. Yes, that's true. And so they do fascinating things with with the design. I mean, their design for Titanic was mm. astonishing. And their stage is not large. No. Nope. Their space is not huge. But it is very well designed to be used in what it's doing. So, like, the design for Passion, the pictures I've seen are, f- are f- astonishing. And it doesn't – Passion is not a show that requires a lot of design elements to it to make it succeed. But they've added things to make it because the musical flows. It kind of, like, moves and time gets kind of murky and it doesn't – you know, things move in and out. of space, And the set is designed to accommodate that. Um so, I'm sure the staging for Ain't Misbehaving will be fascinating. Mm-hmm. It yeah. is, I mean, it's basically, it's going to be banned on stage. It's going to be mics. It's going to yeah. be band, But they're going to do that in a way that you maybe haven't seen before. And that's what you count on for Ain't Misbehaving. Yeah. For Aimis absolutely. yeah. yeah. Um, so, Grand Hotel is probably a musical you've never heard of, though. I'm uh, guess is it in any
0: way related to the movie? It is the movie. Okay. Yeah. Um, <laughs> So, Grand
1: Hotel is a movie. Uh, <laughs> From it is the a 30s. It is a fantastic. I mean, movie, it's a great. Movie. By the way, 1933, 34. I mean, one. Um, I didn't like it sweep. Is, or, it is no, no. Here's the thing.
0: Or is it up against?
1: The, was that the year?
0: 1932. Oh no, 32. Okay. It, and, and like, it did not ruin for, for
1: film history, like history people. <laughs> yeah. Because also because it's a joke in the movie The Apartment, which is a tremendous yes. joke where they read the <laughs> cast out loud. Um, <laughs> It's Greta Garbo, John Barrymore, Joan Crawford, Wallace Beery, Lionel Barrymore, Gene Herschelt, who you've only heard of probably because of the awards, Frank Conroy. I mean, the cast is astonishingly good. Um, uh, Produced by Irving Thalberg, written by William Drake. Famous, however, for being... uh, only nominated for one academy award <laughs> it was nominated for best picture and it won yeah, it is the uh, only film does. ever to have only been nominated for because it, it happens every now and again where a film is just up for best picture yeah but that film never wins it's one that's the only film to be nominated for only best picture and win it's a great movie it's still today a great movie i mean you watch it it is a really interesting exploration of pre-war europe mm-hmm. and post-war post world war one pre-world war Two. um and the acting is phenomenal. It's really great. The musical is very good. Um, uh, Eric Schaefer uh, has brought back the team from Night Music, pretty much, that they did <laughs> last year. So Bobby Smith is our lead. Um I believe Matt uh, I don't remember if Matt is directing or if Eric's directing Eric's directing Uh, Eric's directing Uh, Music and Lyrics by Maury Esten there are other songs in it by Robert Wright and George Forrest it's one of those shows that got like adapted never produced and then Maury Esten was brought on and they kind of mixed the scores together a little bit um book by Luther Davis I mean it is yeah based on the book it's ostensibly based on the book not on the movie (laughs) sure yeah but it's based on the movie (laughs) um yeah it's a really it's a solid musical oh okay um uh, it's not my favorite. Maury Eston hasn't written anything that's my favorite to be entirely <laughs> frank. Uh but I don't hate anything he's written either, you know what I mean? His version of The Phantom of the Opera is a riot if you ever like are in the mood for. Oh wow. Interesting musical trivia. He and Andrew Lloyd Webber were working on The Phantom at the same time. Oh. And Lloyd Webber's open first and is better. But it's very different. Wild. It's just called Phantom. <laughs> okay. I got it because I asked for the Broadway cast recording of Phantom for my birthday so i got literally phantom that. Yeah. yeah which is really is a, is an interesting i'm really glad i now at the time super mad now really glad i have that show and really glad i listened to it um it's weird anyway that's a whole other thing no one's gonna do phantom here okay. we're never gonna ever talk about that uh But it's a, it's a, it's a solid show and it's very in signatures Mm -hmm. ethos. This is what I was saying. Like, this is the show that I think it won best musical sometime in the 80s. This is the, the 80s musical they're doing that you maybe don't see done. Yeah. And this is kind of something they do every now and again. They grab a show. Titanic was kind of that way, even though like everyone's doing Titanic now all of a sudden. (laughs) Um, There's one production of Titanic doing Titanic on a lake Um, where the set actually sinks and so do the actors and I don't I don't know Uh, the looks you're giving me are uh, all the same looks I gave the computer when I read (laughs) when I was reading the article um it's it's a neat show. It, uh, there. I'm sure there's... A, on, let me real fast look up the song in it that's famous, because Marty <laughs> Esten always has one. Okay. Um, and there, there's two different... I should also say, as most people know, there's two different kinds of famous. There's the famous that, like, um, I people, like, music theater people know. And then there's the famous of, like, oh, everyone knows that. This right. will have... N- not everyone will know this. <laughs> okay. This will be... Um, it might be the writing for a song, Happy, H-A-P-P-Y. That's one you hear people perform every now and again um there's a title song uh, everyone loves everyone loves song. a good title song so i mean but the, yeah the original you know it was a it was a big uh, it was a hit and it, it it yeah it's this this makes perfect sense to me that they're mm, doing okay. grand hotel yeah. that fits with their ethos um things do get a little weird here, yeah but we get into more we have one original one of them's a commission oh right I, yes yes um, and let's talk about that one first. I'm actually going to skip over Spunk and talk about Blackbeard. Okay. Um, and you'll see why in a second. Uh, but So Blackbeard is a, is a, a musical that Signature commissioned, um, directed by Eric Schaefer, choreographed by Matthew Gardner, the, the creative powerhouse team mm, behind yeah. Signature Theater, uh, music by Dana Rowe, book and lyrics by Jack Dempsey, uh, and is about, it's Blackbeard all lowercase. I guess that's intentional. Oh, okay. Let me see. No, I'm sorry. That's just the style they're going with this year. Um, oh, yeah. It's okay. Yeah. Well, you never know. These it's things true. might get, yes. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, true. And it's, I guess, the life story of Blackbeard. Um, yeah, which is something I did not need. I know. No, I well,
0: needed in musical form. Maybe we do. I mean, it's fair. Maybe
1: we do. From the creators of Riches of Eastwick, Brother Russia, and The Fix. Okay. Yeah, I don't. The, yeah, this, this was. Those are all shows. Yeah. <laughs> Here's the thing about pirates, <laughs> in my opinion. Movies and shows about pirates do—I'm going to say something and everyone's going to jump up and down, and, or I don't know if you will or not, but, like, they don't do well. Yeah. Pirates of the Caribbean is an exception. Yeah. It is not the rule. Um, when Pirates of the Caribbean, I remember, was, like, originally coming out, everybody was like, this movie's going to bomb so unbelievably hard because pirate movies don't do well yeah. like, anymore. They... My
0: fa- my previous exposure to pirate movies before Pirates of the Caribbean is Cutthroat
1: Island. Oh, Cutthroat Island is Which the is like terrible. is the quintessent is the movie that killed the whole genre, yes. basically. <laughs> don't I... Um and you should see Cutthroat Island if you can, because <laughs> like... it's it, it killed it good. <laughs> it's really great. Um It's a terrible, terrible movie. So much fun. <laughs> oh, um nothing is right. Anyway. But pirates are I think one of the—it's not like the thing where like, do you know? There's never ever been a successful movie or play or musical with the word "bounce" in the title. I did not know that. It's a really funny little thing. Yeah. Like that. There's a there's a there's a book that was written sometime I think in the 60s called The Big Bounce. They've adapted it three times to film. Everyone's been a flop. <laughs> like it's just something. And the Sondheim musical Bounce was not it. Like there's something about the word bounce that is like apparently cursed. But that this is not that. Pirates, I think, are inherently silly. Ah. Uh, yes. Us. And that's why I like Pirates of Penzance and it might be Governor Sullivan's fault, but but pirates are silly. Yeah. It's hard to make pirates threatening if you're not a child and like, or to make them truly scary. I mean, that's the thing the Pirates of the Caribbean kind of did Yeah, was those pirates were zombies. That's a zombie movie all of a sudden, not a pirate movie. Yeah. And you have Johnny Depp doing, doing Captain Jack Sparrow. That's a whole other level. I will also say that like none of the other Pirates of the Caribbean movies are good, whether they were hits or not. This is true. Um, but so to that end, like I think people have like when they come out in the hats and the beards and the rings and the thing, like it just doesn't. Yeah, it's hard. It's hard to land with people. So I'll be interested to see how it does. Um, it doesn't. It it, it opens uh, in in June. I, yeah, I don't know, man. Yeah, I just don't know.
0: Uh, I am all for people taking a chance. Not sure not getting you wrong. Yeah. But-
1: and it's also the kind of thing though where i don't know that it's suited to their space. Yeah. Because the big costume show, like all i just said about the way they use their space in very interesting ways, there are certain things that that space doesn't Still do can't well. Do it, yeah. And like like there's a reason that the signature production of follies was staged at the Kennedy Center. Right. Like that's where that show needs to be. That their space is not suited for the Kennedy Center, for, for follies. Now they've done company, they've done night music, they could sure. oh, yeah. like, they could do almost everything else in the in the Sondheim canon. Yeah. But if a show needs to be on a big stage, you don't do it at Signature, and that's why I'm a little bit like this. The poster art, anyway, is yeah. like this is a big show about it pirates. There's a ship. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I don't know, man. Like we'll see we'll see it could be phenomenal i'm not like i, yeah. I, I really like signature does outstanding work yes they so. absolutely do they are the premier musical production house in this city and they hold that title every year and they deserve it so i i just don't know man yeah. i just don't know um so that's blackbeard <laughs> <laughs> what's the takeaway from blackbeard uh um the next one's really interesting though because the next one is spunk mm-hmm. um which i don't it doesn't say it's a premiere, but it kind of feels like it might be. And it is—so uh, it's, it's based on three short stories by Zora Neale Hurston of Their Eyes Were Watching God, which is a book you have probably had to read in high school, and is a great book. Um, and adapted in this production, directed by George C. Wolfe. I mean, this is, like—this is legit. Um and it's it's a musical question mark which right. is why i've pushed it yeah. two reasons i pushed it to the end it it has original music by Chic streetman so uh, but there's no lyrics credited anywhere so i imagine it is there's music in the show yeah. um and uh that's interesting that's a very interesting idea um and this is the show they do every year there is a there's always a show that is like way out there <laughs> And I, for me, that show on this list is Blackbeard, but I think for them, this is their show so that's, right. like, way out there. <laughs> um, I should also say, their last commissioned musical they did was the Freaky Friday musical. Oh, um, they were part of the commissioning for that. I believe so. Oh, and, uh that while while it did not go to Broadway, which I think was the original intention. Oh, it was actually never intended to. go Oh, was to Broadway. it never? Into- okay, no. that was the thing. It was it intended was, for a tour. Yeah, it was intended for a tour. That's what it was. It was written. It was produced here. It did very well here, and it yeah. recently went up on the Disney Channel as a musical movie. Fa-
0: Absolutely. Did you read the article? No. The- so this is a total aside, sure. which we which may or may not be. We're cut still out. in signature. But yeah, mm-hmm. uh, they. Cast so it was uh, on the interval, It was an uh, an interview with the uh, woman who plays the mom, whose name is I'm blanking on. You um, go. Uh, a lovely woman who who was astonished to be cast in the movie musical, the TV movie musical that the Disney Channel eventually made of it, because that was not the intention. Heidi
1: staff. Yes, thank mm-hmm.
0: you. Um, she was she was part of this like if the Disney musicals do these very intricate. Uh, arrangements, mm-hmm. f- production-wise. Yes. Like, oh yeah, yeah. So there was a lot of theaters involved. This the show, just, despite being put on at, in signatures, relatively tiny spaces, also done at the Alley in Houston, which is n- yeah, not even remotely not even, comparable. Exactly. Uh, and at La Jolla.
1: So like, it, like, and she was cast, written, written by the production team, by the way, who brought us uh, next to normal. Just. Oh yeah, exactly. To give like, you yeah. a sense of like, like these are real people. No, and, yeah, like, the, yeah, they
0: they meant it to be in the musical world, and it was four regional theaters and four tours, yeah. and it just was so good that they decided, oh, we need to let let's just let's just move musical it up, put it back on the t- on the channel um, with this new version, and she got cast when they saw her at La Jolla, when she didn't even believe. That she was actually cast. She thought she was just reading conveniently because she knew the part. And they were just like, uh, they, yeah. were, they were in it. They're a, working it. Yeah, 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 yeah. I gotcha. So it's like, oh, I'm just doing them a favor. And then they're like, no, you're in it. It <laughs> kind of blew her mind. Completely amazing. <laughs> That's funny. Yeah.
1: Oh, wow. That's funny. But so like that's yeah, to say that's, like their commissions like doing, Blackbeard's yeah. like they don't I don't know if they were part of the commission they're certainly part of the original production yeah. aspect I'm sure they had to buy into that uh, a yes, little so bit yeah sure they did like, yeah. when they commission work they they commission work yeah. this is not like Blackbeard's not like some lost leader fancy <laughs> thing like they're <laughs> yeah. they're doing it because yeah. they believe in it and so yeah I don't know what the deal is with Spunk um, whether it's going to New York from here or whether it was yeah. in New York in a limited run that I just was not aware of. Um, But I also saved it for last night because I don't know anything about it. But also because uh, it is choreographed. Uh, It will be choreographed, I should say, because it doesn't open until May. Um, April, pardon me. It is uh, being choreographed by Dane Figueroa-Edidi, who also is writing and performing. Yes. Mm -hmm. A show that seems to fall on the musical maybe question mark, which is why we included it on the list. Yes. And we're going to take a quick jaunt up to Anacostia from Sherlington. Uh, to theater Alliance mm-hmm. and their production of Clemenestra, an Epic Slam poem, and that is written and performed by by Dane, uh, directed by Daniel Drakes. Um, and it is a i 'll just read the description. <laughs> a priestess enters a cemetery suffused with the shades and apparitions of black culture, yet she conjures the spirits of a different sort, Orestra, Iphignia, and Clemenestra, and it 's a one uh, one woman slam poem. In the Saga of Strong Women, uh, written and performed by by Dana Didi, uh who I went to college with, oh. and um, Dane is a unbelievable uh, performance force in this city, and it, I think this year is her year, um, because she's working a lot of places, um, and I kind of didn't. I will confess at this point didn't realize what a force she was <laughs> until uh, Tina Shearer. Uh, Bassett posted on her Facebook page. Uh, she included my Patreon, which was very nice, but she included Dane's Patreon, and I sort of got to read all of the things that Dane is doing, and Dane's doing some stuff. So mm. um, if you're in town, if you live in D.C., and uh, you've never been to a Theater Alliance show, which is, is, is Theater Alliance seems to be ex- coming, like, they've been up and coming for, like, three years.
0: Yeah, yeah. And, like, right.
1: People who do theater in D.C. know Theater Alliance, but the general public isn't as aware as the, they perform a lot of the Anacostia Playhouse, yes. which I think is part of the reason that people don't know yes. that they're there um, because people still don't want to drive to Anacostia, uh,
0: which is a bummer, cause it's which not. is a
1: super bummer because it's not. When I was in college, yeah. Anacostia was a place you do not go. It is not that anymore, no. um, especially not around the theater. Yeah, no. And so um, go Go see something at Theater Alliance. They're doing a tremendous season. I'm sure yeah, you've talked about yeah, it.
0: Yeah. yeah. And this is a crossover, like, multi-approved choice of I'm fascinated by what this is going to be mm-hmm. and who's doing it and where and yeah. all of that. Uh, yeah. Definitely on everyone's radar.
1: And they That's- do uh, some excellent—I uh, became really aware of Theater Alliance because I did one of their Hothouse uh, reading series. Um, they do excellent stage—like, original work stage reading stuff. They do. They're doing two this year. They usually just do one, but they're doing uh, what they call a "hot house" because it's a it's supposed to be like a greenhouse <laughs> of burgeoning new work. And um, they do. Uh, they sort of work in tandem with whatever their main stage production. Is. So it's sort of like what Source Festival used to do. Uh, they yes. have mm-hmm. three three main stage productions and then a series of ten minute plays to go with them. Um, this is kind of like that. Mm-hmm. And uh, they they're always provocative. They're always interesting. The ones I did, the commissioning. Uh, charge was two women and a punch. One of the women had to punch the other one. That was part of the deal. And so that was interesting to write and interesting (laughs) to see what everybody else did. Uh, So that is all way of saying, I think Theater Alliance is doing some fascinating stuff. And I think more people should be paying attention to what they're doing um, because it's it's really interesting. And they're being um, hemmed, unfortunately, by... um, I think location and lack of people just don't know that they're there. Yeah. Uh, and that's really a shame. And I was sort of hoping last year they'd get more Helen Hayes recognition than they did. Uh, mm. So that more people would know yeah. that they were there. Yes. <laughs> Frankly, it's it's a real like, it's yeah. hard out there, man. It is, it is hard out there, especially. <laughs> and they're so lucky to have a space. I mean, yeah, they, they, exactly, that thing yeah. of most people are struggling to find a place to perform. They have a place to perform. Go to Anacostia and see the show. That's what I'm saying. See Dane show. See all the other shows. I mean, it's really they do really good work. So go to Theater Alliance. That's my weird ending to the to the musicals. I think it's perfect. <laughs> I think it's absolutely perfect. Did we solve it? I think I think we <laughs> did.
0: Sir, <laughs> so I feel like I absolutely know more about the theaters and the shows that were just total blank slates to me uh, before. So this great. is this is great. Um, good. If no one else has made a better. Uh, Stuart a patron of, of musicals in the city I am definitely one
1: so.
0: <laughs> <laughs> uh, on that note though we should get to the serious business of um, plugging the many things that you are doing <laughs> <laughs>
1: uh, I am yeah it's funny that everybody keeps saying that like you're doing all this stuff I'm kind of staring <laughs> down November as the time when like I've been working since April to like straight through to november doing three or four different things wow. and i'm just like <laughs> i'm kind of terrified of the fact that i'm gonna have nothing to do oh, my after? wife and oh. family are super thrilled yeah, uh, it's a good timing for that good timing for that <laughs> <laughs> yeah christmas is good but like i don't have anything after that and it makes me kind of sit yeah. there and yep go i have to work um so yes yeah i have a lot going on um so we had uh we had the tinkerbell yeah. Uh, which was at adventure theater, which is closed. However, I bring it up because it is going to be in Milwaukee at first stage in April. Awesome. Um, and then maybe in Maine, the fall after that, Ooh. we're still talking about stuff. So, um, and yeah, so it's got, that did really well here. It's getting really good response. I'm really thrilled about that. Um, and I love working in children's theater, so I'm really happy to have like my first one, my first big one from Michael out of the gate was, was good. And that's a good, that's a good feeling. Cause it means there'll be more, <laughs> um, and then I just got back from New York where I was over the, you've heard me mention the Sam French off, off Broadway short play festival. Uh, I'll just brag cause it's what I do. Um, it. <laughs> it's yeah. cool. It's pretty, like, it's really cool. They, they choose out of 850 plays. Yeah. They choose, they do this every year. If you're a playwright out there, you should absolutely submit to this. It's the best festival I've ever been to. And I said that to people before I won. So like, this is <laughs> like a, I made sure I said it to like all the people who ran it before they announced the winners. Cause I wanted to make sure that they knew I knew it. I meant it. Um, That it is so tremendously well-run. It is uh, They pick short plays ranging from 10 to 30 minutes. Stick to 10 minutes, Um, if you're a writer. Uh, And they had 850 submissions. They pick 30 plays every year to be in this festival. It runs over four days. Then they pick 12 semifinalists. 10 to 12 semi-finalists that get performed again on the Saturday and then after that they pick six plays which get published in an annual volume of short plays from the festival and I was very lucky to be one of the six plays selected um, as I keep saying to people the only downside is I can't do the festival again because it was so much fun. we were really like me and the director and my yeah. wife were talking because I spent the whole week in New York I had a great week I recorded a lot of great podcast episodes we met saw more people and we were all talking about what we were going to do next year. We were just, that was the attitude we had. We're like, this was so much fun. We learned so much. We can do it so much better next year. We should, I have this, like we were talking about different plays and different ideas and what worked. And then I won and it was this wonderful, joyous moment. And then after I was like, I can't come back. I guess. So it's, it's, but it's so great. You should absolutely do it. Um, And then you should buy the short volume, 43rd volume of short plays, which will be out. We were told before the next festival. (laughs) That's all they promised. So and that's all because the pro- when you win, the immediate prize is you get a hat that says Samuel French playwright, which is hilarious. And last year's volume. <laughs> so they're like, We're definitely giving yours out as the prize next year so it'll be available by August of twenty nineteen and I said, Fair. I don't care. <laughs> like that's totally great. Um but upcoming, uh, most importantly, opening October twenty fifth at the Writer Center in Bethesda is my play Sheila and Moby, produced by Flying V, uh, directed by Courtney Lane Self, who direct, I mentioned before directed my Sam French production, and is. I don't say this often about my own. St- I don't say this ever about my own stuff. But this is the show I'm calling everybody out of town and telling them to come see. Oh, say. okay. We've been working on this for two years. I think the first draft debuted at the first Awesome Athon at Scrawing V, which would have been October of Mm 2016, I think. And. It is a show I am unbelievably proud of. It is a script I'm unbelievably proud of. I'm so excited about the cast we've assembled for it. Uh, with, I mean, flying via regulars like Megan Reichholdt and um, Madeline Whiting. And then also newcomers who people may not have seen like Robin Raccoon. And uh, it is just uh, Cassie Cope, who's a, a coming out of Adventure uh, Academy. It's sort of her first, like, big part. And I'm really excited to, that we can be the ones for her to do that. Um before she goes to college, <laughs> uh, and it is, re- but it is really like I'm so proud of the show, and it's the one like I'm, call- I'm seriously sending emails now to people who have friends of mine in New York and uh, California, and I'm like I don't, I like I don't tell you to come to everything. I'm telling you, if you can come, you should come see this. It, I am so happy with how it turned out, and you never know in theater if it's ever going to be done again ever, yeah, and story. that's my big thing. I'm like you need to come see this. This is a this is a show that I I am really really happy with, and I I want everyone to come see and so come see it that's my way of saying come see it um and we have a limited run it only runs from october 25th to thanksgiving and we can't extend like that's that's it and so it's a real like you need to come see it before thanksgiving halloween to thanksgiving that's your sweet spot uh and i'm very very excited that it uh that it's coming up and then after that that's the it's not a drought but it's like there's nothing definite on the horizon except for uh bethesda playing a day in february of 2019 mm-hmm. i'll be writing and directing for adventure theater i was told last year i have that job until i don't want it anymore so i, I can <laughs> confidently awesome. say that i'm doing it um as my fourth one mm-hmm. for mm-hmm. michael um and uh I'm, i love doing playing a day it's so much fun and uh yeah then after that man we'll see there's a lot of like People talking to me, but like no, nothing on the calendar, which normally is fine. But having just had like having two shows go up, like having a busy like six months for a writer is so unusual that I am really staring down this break with <laughs> with this like no, there's not supposed to be a break. I'm supposed to have another show that's supposed to be going into production like right now, and it's not happening because that's not how life works. <laughs> I am so un- I mean, this has been an amazing summer, yeah. and I'm so unbelievably lucky to have worked this much i also directed something for page to Sage in the middle because i'm crazy and um that was a great show that everyone should get behind it's called miranda after the storm or what happens to savage little horse it's an ep- epilogue to the tempest written by amanda yeah. zeitler it was tremendous and it should have a life after page to Sage. and i'm doing my damnedest that even if i don't direct it it does mm-hmm. uh so if you're out there and you're that all sounds interesting to you it's a feminist uh, epilogue to the tempest check it out um There's just so much great theater going on and in town and on so many different levels. And I'm so happy to be part of it on any level. Uh, But luckily in the writer level, which is the level I like to be a part of it on. So that's how I feel. And thank you, Aaron. This was so much fun. Oh,
0: thank you for hosting me in this amazing room. And we're, taking time out of your day. Oh sure, right? no, yeah. we're sitting
1: in my basement right now, which is not fully unpacked from the move. Um, surrounded by boxes, and ve- this is actually good acoustical stuff. Though it is actually it's very like, <laughs> it's very like fluffy and and uh, and and cool. Um, and yeah, it's awesome. Thank you so much, man. Yeah, thank great you. podcast. If I do say so myself.